0: The scripture for this morning is taken from the Gospel of Genesis, chapter 15. The context is one in which Abraham had taken his 318 trained men that had been born in his house, which is quite a militia for a single individual, and he had pursued those who had kidnapped his nephew Lot had overcome them, and had brought back great spoils. And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Let me have all the slaves, and you keep all the goods for yourself. Abraham said, No, I am not going to ever let you say that you made Abraham rich, because only God is the one that will make me rich. And in that context, then, in which Abraham denies anything that might come from the hand of man and affirms his faith in only what will come from the hand of God, we have Genesis chapter 15, beginning to read at verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I... Am your shield. I am your very great reward. But Abram said, "O Sovereign Lord, what can you give me, since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is this Eleazar of Damascus?" And Abram said, "You have given me no children, so a servant in my house will be my heir." Then the word of Yahweh, the covenant Lord, came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. God took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your seed be. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him for righteousness. He also said to him, I am the covenant Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Oh, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, No, for sure that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated four hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot and a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces, On that day, the covenant Lord cut a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. May God bless this reading and hearing of his holy, inspired, infallible, and inerrant word. Cosmic, covenantal promises for all people. Let us pray. We humbly bow before you, O creator creator of heaven and earth, the redeemer of your people from all the nations of the world through all the ages of the world. Who are we that we should be so favored as to be a part of your eternal flock for whom you have cared by giving your life for us, by calling us to yourself, by predestinating us to be heirs of the eternal life that Christ has given us. Who are we? But we accept with great joy the blessings that you have pronounced over us and our children and our children's children, even to a thousand generations, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The gospel of the covenants is good news. Look now at the superabounding good news of the Abrahamic covenant and consider how it applies very specifically and particularly to you this day. God swears that he will fulfill cosmic covenantal promises for all people. God himself takes a sovereign oath of self-malediction, calling down curses upon himself, if necessary, to be sure that his people understand that he will fulfill cosmic, covenantal promises for all people. Often you are given the impression that the promises of the covenant that God made with Abraham belong to the Jews only. One of the former presidents of the United States of America, as he was traveling to meet with the Knesset, the Parliament of Israel, stated, My pastor told me, He who blesses Israel, God will bless, and he who curses Israel, God will curse, and therefore we as America are pledged to do whatever we can to bless you. We do not want the curses of God upon you. But as you read the whole of scripture, you see that all the covenant promises of God are for all people who will look in faith to Jesus Christ, the promised seed. In God's covenant promise to Abraham, three blessings are set before you. And by faith you may receive these three promises that were ordered by God 3,000, years ago. In each case, these blessings center in Jesus Christ and have cosmic significance. They are not little small things. They are large promises suitable to a large God. Consider each one in turn. You in Sunday school learned these, didn't you? What are the three promises given to Abraham? The land, the seed, and the blessing. You can remember these three promises, but look at them more closely. First, the promise of the seed. God had promised Abraham a seed as numerous as the sand on the seashore. But he and Sarah had no children. Abraham was close to a hundred years of age, and Sarah was about ninety, and they were past the age of bearing children. It was impossible, humanly speaking, for Sarah to conceive. When God appears this time to Abraham, it's as though, as Abraham had a skirt like this one, and he just, or God had a skirt like this one in Abraham's imagination, and he grabs that skirt and says, Lord, you, you've got to give me some answers to questions. I'm childless. What can you give me? How audacious, even though <laughs> you can understand he's past the age of barren children. What Are you able, what can you give me? The Lord responds by referring to the cosmos. You know, cosmos, the vast universe that surrounds us. says, Abraham, come on. Get out of that little tent, that little flapping thing that you can put down in a minute or two like a little camping tent and move over somewhere else. Get out of your tent. Come out here. Look up at the stars. A few years ago, I was passing over the Drakenbergs Mountains in South Africa. It was a cold winter's day. And we just happened to have an astronomer in the car with us. We also just happened to have several mattresses in the back of our van because we'd been on a camping tour and preaching experience. So we just pulled the mattresses out and laid them on the ground and looked up at the stars and the astronomer began began to explain to us what we were seeing up there. It was absolutely amazing. It was more difficult to see space between the stars than to see the stars. Now, one of the saddest things is this coming generation will never see the Milky Way. Some of you remember seeing the Milky Way Maybe some of you have never seen the Milky Way. We are not, it's not that the Milky Way, all those stars, 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way, 100,000 million stars, a billion stars that make up our Milky Way. And we're, we're not looking up, it's surrounding us. 100,000 million stars in this one galaxy. And the astronomers tell us that there are millions and millions of galaxies. How many stars come out of your tent? Look up there and count them if you are able to count them. Abraham Don't judge me just by what you can imagine. Judge me by what you see that I have already done. Look at the stars. And you ask me, what can I give you in fulfillment of the promise that I've given you? So on the basis of that promise, don't calculate what God can do on the basis of what you can imagine. <laughs> Look and see what he has done and believe on that basis. Now, how do you fit in this scheme of things? How does this covenant promise seem as being for all people? Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, if you belong to Christ, Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. Do you get that? By the way, I'll ask you a question. Was Abraham a Jew? Hmm? Was Abraham a Jew? No, he wasn't a Jew. Abraham was a worshiper of idols on the other side of the river. He was not a Jew. He was just a pagan. Just like you and I. What made him a possessor of the promises of God? The calling of God and the response of faith. And you, by believing, by receiving the call of God, you become the seed of Abraham and heir of all the promises given to Abraham. This is God's word to you, if you can believe it. You're you're not just one little insignificant person. Abraham, you might say, was one little insignificant person, and yet God made cosmic covenantal promises to him. God makes exactly the same cosmic covenantal promises to you. Your seed will be as numerous as the stars of the heaven and the sand upon the seashore. I'm looking out here and squinting my eyes, and what I see is about a couple of hundred Abrahams and Sarahs. That's what you are in God's eyes. And the same promises given to Abraham are given to you, if you by faith can believe him. Now, sometimes it's troublesome to a woman that has never had any children and a, or a bachelor that has never gotten married. How am I going to have any children like the seed of Abraham? Well, that's where Abraham was, it not. He had no children whatsoever. And yet, look at the promise that God has given to him. My mind goes back to a little small woman less than five feet high with, with gray hair, just a shriveled little woman. And she would invite us to her little apartment and make a little cup of coffee, and someone had taught her exactly how many dips of coffee to, to put in to, to make it just right, and she had no children. But I am her child, and all that may have come to the knowledge of Christ through my ministry, not so large a ministry, but in many continents of the, of the world today, they are her grandchildren. And those children's children are her great-grandchildren. Because it is not by the flesh only, it is by faith that people are determined to be the seed of Abraham, the seed of God. And you, you know, I've got six children, I have seven grandchildren, I have four great-grandchildren, and I'm looking forward to see how many more will come along. You know, children are not always pleasant. Sometimes they're quite a bit of work, right? But now my teenage boys, they're into their, getting into their 20s and we needed a new walk in front of the house and my son is beginning to study engineering and he says, well, we could arrange the stones this way and that way or this way and that way. And the result is this beautiful curve pathway right up to our front door and I didn't even even have to lift a finger. You know, it's a pretty good thing to have a son or two around like that. What a blessing they are to you. What a joy children can be. And how many children are you going to have through the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ? Cosmic, covenantal promises. God has given you that promise. Now, secondly the promise of the blessing. God promised a seed to Abraham, and Abraham believed. And the consequence of that believing of Abraham was that he was declared to be righteous by God. He believed in a supernaturally provided seed given by God to him. The expectation since Adam the promise to Adam had been that there would be a seed of the woman that eventually would come and crush the head of the serpent, even as the serpent crushed his heel. Now that was a prediction, and anticipation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham certainly must have heard of that promise. And so he believed not just that he was going to have a seed, but that he was going to have that seed that consummated in the Savior who would crush the head of the serpent and destroy the power of the devil. And so he was declared to be righteous. Not because of righteousness in him, but because of the righteousness of that seed. And that was a great blessing that came to Abraham. You can have the same blessing if you believe. If you believe in the covenant Lord, in the promise that he gave to Adam, then to Abraham, then to Moses, then to David, and finally fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, you can be declared righteous. All your sins, past, present, and future, can right now be forgiven. But that's not all. You see this glass of water? Let's suppose that sometimes I I have a cup of coffee and... uh, in the bedroom, I'm sitting up in the bed and sipping my coffee, and it's about two-thirds down, and then I set the cup of coffee on the, the, the side of the bed there, and it just and they sit there for two or three days. And then I, I take that cup of coffee and maybe pour a little white grape juice into it and, "hmm, do I drink it? No. I don't drink it. That cup has to be washed. It has to be purified. And so, God, one of the blessings that he gives you as a seed of Abraham is that you're not only forgiven of your sins, you are delivered from the power of sin in your life. The chains of sin that hold you, they are broken by our Lord Jesus Christ. And day by day, he enables you more and more to die to sin and live to righteousness. You know, you understand, do you not, that every time you sin, every time if you as a man, a married man, look for lust toward a woman in TV or wherever it might be, you're putting a chain on yourself. You're dying to part of the blessings that God could bring to your life. But Jesus, the resurrected one, can deliver you and free you and purify you. So you experience the full blessings of life in Jesus Christ. You can experience the same blessings as Abraham. You can see this in Paul, again, as he writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Galatians 3, 6, Paul says, consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the nations by faith and announce the gospel in advance, the gospel of Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with the man of faith, the man of Abraham. Are you blessed with Abraham? Do you look with faith to Jesus Christ? Do you believe that God, who created all those stars of the heaven, can appoint one particular child to be born of a virgin? It was pretty good for Sarah, who was past the age of bearing children, to have a son, But for Mary, never to have known a man to have a son, that is God supernaturally intervening in human history so that you can be blessed by Jesus. Now, finally, we see first these blessings, the promise of the seed, the promise of the blessing, and finally the promise of the land. To fully understand God's promise of a land to Abraham, you know, God said to Abraham, look as far as you can see and all this land I will give you. How much land did Abraham have when he died? He had nothing. All he had was a little cave that he had purchased so he could bury his beloved wife. That's all he had, a little cave at the end of a field. But God said, this land is going to be your land. And the scriptures tell us in the book of Hebrews exactly what happened, that Abraham, by faith, was looking beyond that land to the land of perfection, the land of heaven that was yet to come. To fully understand God's promise of a land to Abraham, you must go back to the beginning. In the beginning, land meant paradise. The land was Adam and Eve's possession of the perfections of paradise. They were driven out of the land because of their sin But God continued to promise that he would bring them back to the land. And Palestine is a picture. It's not the ultimate. It's a picture of the restoration of paradise. If you decided someday that you wanted to have a family portrait, you wanted to get all your... Children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren together and have someone to paint all of you. So that's something that you could hang on your wall. What would you do? Well, you would look at the portraits, right? You would look at the, the, what they had in terms of a, a collection of their previous works and you would decide which one that you were going to use as the portrait artist for yourself. Now you look at the portraits of what God has painted. And that portrait is a picture of what he is going to give us in terms of the land. And that land is the land of paradise, the land of heaven to come. What is the promise of the land of Abraham today? Well, that promise of the land is described again by Paul, In Romans chapter 4, verse 13, he tells you, Abraham received the promise that he and his seed would be the heir of the cosmos. That's the word that is used, Romans 4, 13. Abraham not just would be the land of the Palestine, but he would be the heir of the cosmos. And that's the new heavens. And the new earth. That all of us have the privilege of looking forward to possessing one day. By faith you will be an heir of all of that land that God has prepared for us. But how can you know? How can you be sure that all these promises concerning the land, the seed and the blessing will actually be true for you. That was the question that Abraham asked. Lord, how can I know? And that's where God took an oath. God swore. He said to Abraham, take these pieces of an animal. And Abraham knew exactly what to do. He made a little pathway out of the pieces of the animals. And he had a vision. And in the vision, he saw a smoking pot and a flaming torch passed between those pieces. In that day, says the scripture, God cut a covenant with Abraham. It's not the, not the covenant that was cut, but it was the animals that were cut. And those bloody animals were a symbol of the curses of the covenant. If anyone should break the covenant, then they would end up like those animals. Archaeology in the past few years has uncovered uh, tablets, many tablets, and one of them says, this is not a goat. This is the goat. This is Mati Ilu. They cut off the head. Even as the head of this goat is cut off, so may the head of Mateilu be cut off if he violates this covenant. This is not a leg of a man, this is of a goat, this is a leg of Mateilu. And they cut off the leg. May the leg of Mateilu be severed from his body if he violates the covenant. That is the meaning of God, of Abraham's and God cutting a covenant with Abraham. God is taking an oath. God swears to Abraham that if necessary, may his body be torn apart even as the pieces of those animals were torn apart. And who was it that passed between the pieces? Abraham didn't pass between the pieces. Normally, both parties of the covenant would pass between the pieces. But on this occasion, there were two representations of God that passed between the pieces, the smoking pot and the flaming torch. And thereby, God was saying to Abraham, Abraham, if I break these promises to you of the land, the seed, and the blessing, then may my body, now we know God doesn't have a body, but may my body be torn apart even as these animals are torn apart. Furthermore, Abraham, if you break the covenant, if you violate the, the covenant, then may my body as God be torn into pieces. So whether you break the covenant or I break the covenant, the promises of the covenant will still stand. And at the end of that bloody path, we have the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he was God incarnate, God in human flesh. And as it were, his body was torn in pieces that the curses of the covenant might never fall on his people. They fell on Jesus. Can you know, can you be assured that you will receive the blessings of the promise? You can be absolutely sure because God himself swore an oath that he would fulfill these cosmic covenantal promises for all people, for people from all nations who would put their trust in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What about you today? You've been in church for many times, for many years, or maybe this year you're a visitor for the first time today. Have you heard this gospel? Have you responded to this gospel of Genesis? Do you understand that you can have all the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ upon you if you will put your trust and believe in the promises of the God of Abraham? Let us pray. Lord, our God, we thank you and we praise you. We honor you and we glorify you as the faithful God who has never broken a single one of his promises. Thank you, Father, that not a single promise of yours has ever fallen to the ground. Help us now to believe, to trust, to understand that our salvation is sure because it is in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we pray. Amen.